Welcome to the Everyday Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Leah Bittneretti. And I'm Sarah Grosskreutz, and together we're Everyday Wellbeing. This is our inaugural podcast. We want to introduce ourselves to you and what we do around well-being. Everyday Wellbeing uh, typically offers short workshops of three or four sessions delivered in community settings. We discuss simple ways that we each can use to build well-being habits into our daily lives. Because most of our in-person workshops are on hold right now during the pandemic, we've decided to continue talking about well-being through this podcast. So uh, we thought we'd start by introducing ourselves to you and a little bit about our well-being history. My name is Leah. I sort of slipped into well-being a little bit by accident. I'm a, an independent consultant who was tasked several years ago with managing employee engagement surveys. And I was doing one for a large municipality. And I noticed that the central theme of the engagement survey was this notion of well-being. Uh, so I became more and more interested in those well-being habits that were part of consulting practice that I use when I go to look at organizations and building them into my personal everyday life. Things like positive self-talk, respect for others, expressing gratitude, problem solving, supporting others, and making time for the things that count. I have a reputation of being a resilient person, and I believe that those well-being habits have really helped build that resiliency so that I can navigate life's traumas and trials. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, so um, I'm Sarah, and uh, Leah and I first met when we, we worked together um, in an institution working on engagement. Um, and so that's how we first came together and discovered that we had this shared interest in well-being. Um, I came to well-being from a very personal perspective. And about 15 years ago, I developed panic disorder. Um, and after what I come to realize is many, many years of sort of untreated generalized anxiety disorder. Um, and so when I went through a two-month period of being very ill and having difficulties in life because of the panic disorder, kind of having panic attacks day and night, I kind of put on my problem-solving proactive hat and just said, okay, I'm going to find out what I can do to never have these again. Um, and so I really sought out treatments uh, across the spectrum from a very Western perspective um, to, you know, more looking at more traditional Eastern modalities as well. And so, you know, I kind of tried everything, medication, therapy, yoga, meditation. Um, it really opened up my eyes at that point to the idea of connection and relationships, which is something we're going to talk a little bit about uh, later on, um, and just how important that was to maintaining my well-being. Um, and then in the subsequent years, as I learned how to manage that, um, I, I started experiencing a couple of pretty severe um, cases of burnout in, in my job. And so mm -hmm. after going through that, and coming to the realization that I'm also a highly sensitive person who's very empathetic and realized I was working in environments that just didn't really suit me mm -hmm. all that well. And so again, I just, I got real curious and I started researching and learning about all of these ways to sort of, based on my genetics and environment and upbringing, like what was going on for me and how to best take care of myself. 
in a very holistic way. You know, we, we think a lot about physical wellness, but for me, it was also, it was the physical piece, but it was also my mental uh, well-being, my financial well-being, my relationships, mm-hmm. all of those sort of things kind of came together. Um, and so a couple years back when I was uh, making a bit of transition at work and Leah and I were having lunch together and she said, why don't we start doing some of this well-being stuff that we always talk about whenever we get together? And so that's that's what birthed everyday well-being. And um, so we came together, we created curriculum that discussed the notions of well-being um, to have in-person events where we could really um, host people in a, in a comfortable and nurturing environment to, mm-hmm. to learn about these well-being uh, techniques and ideas um, so that people could hopefully incorporate them into their everyday life. And mm-hmm. uh, now, due to the COVID pandemic, we've shifted to <laughs> talking about these things in this podcast forum. And it really is for us, this is a way of life. Um, It's like, these Mm -hmm. are the things that we read about and talk about and learn about. Um, And we have just an incredibly shared passion around well-being. So Mm -hmm. I am very excited to be with Leah and doing this new adventure with this podcast. Likewise, Uh, likewise. So um, just to kind of give you this idea around like what we thought about in terms of the foundations of what we want to do with everyday well-being. Our ideas were were threefold. First was to do something and that doing something was better than nothing because our well-being really matters. Mm -hmm. Second was make it simple. So you're more likely to do it. And then lastly, it's good enough. So don't let the perfection be the enemy of progress. Just keep going. Small step. And uh, that is better than nothing. So absolutely. So those were our founding concepts because of what we saw in the marketplace, which were being touted as well-being. We saw things like ripped bodies, long classes, certifications at levels that just made us tired and overwhelmed at hearing about them. And they didn't seem to be getting to the actual hub of well-being. Some of these messages actually seemed in opposition to well-being, like you're not well unless you're doing these things, eating this way, looking this way, exercising like this, etc. In fact, shame seemed to be a big part of some of these messages. So we started looking for global examples of well-being in practice in real life situations that we could draw from. So we took inspiration from people like Dan Butner of Blue Zones Thinking. Pilar Gerasimo, who wrote the book Healthy Deviant, and Brene Brown, who studies shame and resilience. And from that, we added our own notion and we created um, our model of well-being, which we call everyday well-being. And so, you know, when we looked at all of these things and we decided kind of like, how do we want to structure things and look at it? And we wanted to come up with a a simple model um, that we could use as a framework. And so this simple version that encompassed all of the same ideals from a holistic perspective. And so for us, we talk about physical, mental, emotional, and relational well-being. 
So to get us started and set this framework so that people kind of understand in the coming podcast episodes what we're talking about, um, we're going to describe a little bit about what we think and how we define each of these well-being um, areas. So from physical well-being, we talk about it as the ability to maintain optimal health in the body, both through healthy eating and through movement. So what we know based on research um, is that moderate physical activity and a diet composed of nutritious whole foods can reduce your risk of chronic illnesses, things such as heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and even some cancers. Um, and this combination of diet and physical activity builds strong bones and muscles. It increases your chances to live a longer and more enjoyable life. And as a second piece of that, it can also have a positive impact on your mental well-being and overall mood. Um, and so for us, we include in our workshops elements of physical well-being, such as gentle movement and eating nourishing snacks um, and giving people just, you know, no pun intended, a little taste of, of what it's like <laughs> to, to enjoy um, having like physical activity in your life, um, and what, what it can, what it can, you know, be like to have these very nutritious whole foods based meals and snacks. Mm -hmm, indeed. And then we look at mental and emotional well-being, which is feeling well in our thoughts and how we actually feel. It includes the ability to practice, um, stress management techniques, thinking clearly, be focused and resilient, and it generates emotions that enhance our overall level of happiness and satisfaction in life. Again, drawing from research that we saw out there. So we engage in stress management techniques on a regular basis because we know that this can reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety. It can improve our mood, increase self-esteem, and clear and sharpen our mind. And boy, I, I mean, I can say as a fellow um, sensitive and empath along with Sarah, we had these things in common anyway, but now, especially during time of COVID there, this has never been more important stress management techniques. So some of the most common stress relief techniques that we practice in our workshops include, again, really simple things like breath work, mindfulness, expressing gratitude, positive self-talk, limiting consumption of media, and we discuss the benefit of things like therapy or counseling as well. So it's all in there. Yes, absolutely. This was such a key piece for me in terms of healing my panic disorder, was in mm -hmm. engaging in all of these techniques. Mm -hmm. um, and then our final piece of well-being is we talk about relational well-being. So for us, this refers to the relationships you have and how you interact with others. And relationships can offer support during difficult times. We know that uh, they, can also, they can also be difficult. And so it's really important to work on developing these strong relation relationships. So relational well-being involves building healthy, nurturing, and supported rela supportive relationships, as well as fostering a genuine connection with those around you, being very authentic and being with other people that 
appreciate that in each other. And these relationships can be, you know, all across the board. They can be with romantic partners, family and friends. Um, they can be with coworkers and even people who have similar interests, such as a well-being group, such as that, you know, Leah and I have together. Um, and in our workshops, we discuss and build supportive community so that everyone feels welcome to be their true selves without judgment or um, scrutiny. We just really want people to come as they are and, um, and learn and grow together and just feel incredibly supported and nurtured in doing that. Absolutely. And again, I'd say it's something that brought Sarah and I together, but really was part of the passion for what we wanted to bring to other people. Because again, we see, we see out there so many people who don't have good relationships and support systems who are not being themselves. And we really felt strongly that people were going to get the most out of the workshops if they felt supported by the group environment. And if they felt relaxed enough to actually talk about real life situation and not that polished perfect that sometimes people put the mask on and and show to other people so that whole notion of making people feel supported in our groups was another thing that we really had in common and we work really hard at in our workshops so when they're back on you can come and see for yourself <laughs> or if um, we have online workshops which that's going to be right yeah well. <laughs> Right, exactly. And we've been able to do that too. So that, that's a real core to how we work. And then, of course, wrapped around all of this um, is the notion that in order to do these things, we're assuming you're not doing these things now. And that what we need is to develop new habits, which we know from all kinds of media messages um, and life experience is really, really hard to do. We focus on how to take really simple practices and make them into new habits that support our well-being. So this, this focus of, well, how do I incorporate elements of well-being into my everyday life, where, whether it is physical, mental, emotional, or, well, or relational well-being, uh, we do that through the creation of new healthy habits. And so we, we focus that in our workshops and practice how to do that together. Absolutely. So uh, that introduces you a little bit to what everyday well-being is all about. Um, like we said, this is a new podcast series that we're starting, and we hope to continue to provide you really useful information and engage you with these topics uh, and help, you know, hopefully help you incorporate things into your life to increase your well-being. Um, just a little bit more about what we do. So in addition to offering the short workshop series, we also offer longer well-being retreats. And also because of uh, Leah and I, both of our backgrounds in organizational development and effectiveness, we also do consult consulting for the workplace. Mm -hmm. So working, working with organizations um, to bring our skills and knowledge about these well-being practices into the workplace. So it's a really kind of beautiful meld of our personal 
well-being experience and things that we've learned with our knowledge and experience and how to manage um, healthy organizations. And, um, and so that's another thing that, that is just really um, something that we care deeply about is mm-hmm. not only building well-being in our personal lives, but also in our professional lives as well. And right. how can we take these organizations and um, make them better for everybody that's working within them, which then translates to incredible outcomes in right. the organization in terms of meeting all of their strategic goals. Absolutely. Bringing it to the masses, right? Yes. (laughs) So this is, as Sarah said, this is our inaugural podcast. We're going to continue exploring topics in these categories through short articles that we discuss and other resources that we use to visit notions with ourselves and with others who are interested in this concept of well-being. So we hope that you'll follow us. We are on Everyday Wellbeing MN on Facebook and Instagram, and we will be putting